Um, a younger me probably wasn't necessarily a fighter. I joined kickboxing. I must have been seven or eight years old and we hated it. So we goes, oh, just jump jump with us um, and we'll go. So, and I did. Six or nine months, I think, later, I had my first competition. Took a good one straight, straight, straight to my nose. My nose popped and I turned away. I was like, what's this? I'm, I must say, from that day, I, I never looked back. That was it. I wasn't great at football. I wasn't a massive runner. I wasn't really anything. And then I fell into to kickboxing and that was it. The body time, the age of 13, I was competing for um, like Midlands area or English titles. So I was amateur up until I was about 20 in the space of about a year I won everything from a mid and style everything in between up to up to world title in space of a year all them experiences that I had in my carriage to boxing so I'm not starting fresh I'm taking three years worth of kickboxing experience over to pros you know when you have the door place you've got to turn up and win as well Welcome back to the Coach Cast Podcast. My guest today is a former two-time professional world kickboxing champion. He's recently made his professional boxing debut. Welcome, Dylan Chima. How are you doing, bro? Hi, guys. I'm, I'm really good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, as you might know, with the Culture Cast Podcast, we like to talk about culture and your upbringing and, and sort of take a trip down memory lane. So uh, what was baby Dylan like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Uh, very tame, very quiet. I, I think I was a little bit of a cry from what my mom told me. Yeah. I was the first, I'm the first grandchild in the family. Um, I'm the first of, I shouldn't have to think, I'm the first of seven. Um, so there's a good number of us. Um, so being the oldest, I've got the, got to pave the way for the younger ones and show them what's right and what's wrong and live the life experience. So um, a younger me probably wasn't necessarily a fighter. I wasn't really a scrapper at school. Um, I was actually bullied a fair bit at school as well, um, so it's quite yeah. I had you know I had a good or good upbringing. Upbringing my my mom and dad, my chachi, my chacha, my bibi and baba. We all live together um, as 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 many households do nowadays. Um, so I, I was I was very fortunate in terms of we all live together. We all we breathe together. We all, everything we, we do we do together. So um, I was very very well looked after. Um, but yeah, boxing was something or kickboxing I should say back then it was something that I just wasn't really interested went did actually did karate for a little bit I think when I was five or six and and just getting out of those just wasn't for me yeah and then um then fell into then fell into this this crazy world that I'm in now <laughs> <laughs> so something that you said there was was the the bullying it was um I don't want to go straight into it because it sounds like you've got I've got like a motive when saying this but was this something because of the background you come from because I know you're from Coventry which is more diverse than say Newcastle where I'm from um, yeah. and so for me it seems like it would be less like racially motivated or was it just because of I don't know you were quite small kid or what, what yeah. why, why was that I mean I, I wouldn't say it was racially motivated um, mm. you know everyone goes through that racial racism everyone's been through it um, you know my family, we, we, we run shops with shopkeepers. So I can tell you, I can tell you some stories that, that my, my parents have been through and that I've been through that I've had firsthand with what people have called me. That's just, it's an unfortunate part and parcel of life that we go through in in what we grow up with. And I, and I think it actually, it's character building in a way. 
as well. It, it sort of thickens your skin. But when you get older, you can sort of ride different waves um, off the back of what you have and what you've been through as a child. Um, but for me, the, the bullying just came from, I wasn't like the biggest of kids. I'm not even the biggest now, to be honest. I'm not, wasn't the biggest of kids. I wasn't, you know, the the most loud, outspoken. I was just sort of quiet and just sort of to myself. Um, and it's just, I just think it's just one of those things um, and it just happens. Um, and that was sort of, yeah, primary school, bit in secondary school. And then it just sort of, as you get older, it just sort of dies off then. Um, I think it makes a difference when, Secondary school, when people find out that you're an amateur kickboxer, and they realise you probably kick their heads. Never would, <laughs> never, you know, touch wood, ne never got into any trouble. Um, never hit anyone at school. Never, never retaliated. Always just, I was always taught it from my gym, um, from a from a coach, Uncle Baggy, back in the day. Was discipline. You, you're a martial artist. You you need to keep your cool and calm, no matter what situation. If you need to turn a blind eye and just walk away, do that. Um, but if he found us, yeah, but if he ever found us bullying anyone, he would have kicked out Jim. He would have made us, he would have made us to a thousand percent and just kicked us out of Jim. Um, so on the other side of it, that was a zero tolerance as well. So it it just it, it is what it is, and I think it sort of made me the person I am today, I, I guess. Uh, it just sort of grew me into into me. Hundred percent. Like uh, so I come from a similar sort of background of like family house shops and things, and again, you do find a lot of um you, you've got a lot of stories this is it and I think you can probably relate to that as well yeah but um, yeah for the school situation there is obviously a lot of things I feel like uh, I've had this conversation before with quite a few people of like kids will be kids and uh, if, if there's something to pick on it doesn't matter what it is they'll pick on one thing for yourself yeah. it was being like the small kid do you think that when you got into to martial arts as you say um that was sort of in line with that sort of getting picked on sort of decreased because of the way you carried yourself. So uh, as person that we just recently spoke about before recording was in the busy. And he was saying that when he got into the gym and started getting into boxing, you carry yourself with a bit more confidence, knowing that if anything was to happen, that you can handle yourself. Do you feel like that sort of subconsciously lets out to everybody else? Like don't fuck yeah. with this guy. Yeah. That, that's definitely something for sure. Um, I, I think the, the biggest thing for me was knowing that you could do something, but you don't do anything. Mm -hmm. So that sort of confidence of, do you know what? They can, you know, they, they can do and say anything, but if anything actually turned to it and they did, you know, hit me or try to attack me, um, then, you know, you can defend yourself. And that is self-defense. Yeah. That, that's retaliation. When I say retaliation, it's in an act of self-defense off the back of something that they've done to you. Yeah. Um, but there's also a line of self-defense when you, you know, fight back, and then there's a point of where you continue fighting on. Yeah. So yeah, if yeah. you fight them and you hit them on the floor, and then you continue to go, that's a different story to you fight them off, and that's they they back away, then you back away, and then that's that's done. Then um, then you walk away. Obviously, if you continue to carry on, then that's that's when it sort of goes the other way and you're using it in, in a bad nature. Um, 100%. So I, I think it does, yeah, the, the confidence does sort of carry with it, definitely. It is crazy as well, because like when, when people think about gyms and uh, in terms of like martial arts gyms or combat sports in general, a lot of the time they do think of what you mentioned before, of like a scrapper at school, do you mean somebody who yeah. won't be going into yeah. school and like showing off their skills? Whereas uh, most of the time it's the full opposite of 
they're actually getting taught, like you said, that yeah. you are getting taught how to control yourself. So use that self-control and discipline. That's it. And also, I also think it comes down to your mentor as well in the gym. So whether that be your coach or you've got an older that's in the gym, uh, another fighter, a uh, another mentor that, that that that's in the gym, the coach or whoever it is in there, there's always someone that has an influence on your younger life when you're in the gym at that time. And that person has a massive Im- impact on, on your life and sort of sets you up. Very fortunate with, with the guys that I fell into being that, you know, it was my uncle, um, my, my, my best friend's dad was our coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and my best mate w- was in the gym as well. So I was very fortunate. And, th- and, they're, and they're all my coaches still today. Um, I've got three main coaches. I've got Richard Waller, Simon Akufo, and Uncle Baggy. Uncle um, was the, my first coach, kickboxing coach and is now my coach today. So and I, and I, and I've never wanted to walk away because these guys have taught me everything I know and led me down a, a, a right path and, you know, um, showed me the right ways that, of their experiences also. 100 percent that loyalty is obviously is a uh, is a special thing because you don't really see it too much nowadays is uh, in any type of sport you get to a certain level then you get to the next sort of level of coach and the next but yeah. to literally walk in i think it, i think if i'm right you you got into martial arts at uh, kickboxing specifically around 11 to get to world title level at 11 years later so half of your life with one person guiding you up yeah. until basically beginner to to world levels, yeah. quite something special. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's actually quite a weird one because I, I joined kickboxing with with Uncle back in, I must have been seven or eight years old. Um, I joined, uh, me and my brothers joined and we hated it. Didn't, <laughs> didn't like it. I, honest to God, didn't like it. Just didn't think it was for me. Um, don't know what, what it was at the time, just did, didn't fancy it when I did a bit of football. Then it was, I was about nine probably about a year later, a year and a half, I was probably touching on 10. Um, my best mate said, oh, it, it was, I think we were just talking at school and he just said, um, his, Umjit, his name is, Umjit was like, oh, we're messing around at, at the gym. We were playing football at the, before we start. We do this, we do that. And we do a bit of sparring. I thought, oh, right, okay. He goes, calm down, because he only lived around the corner and he used to take us to Birmingham to, to train. So he goes, oh, just jump jump with us um, and, and we'll go. So, and I did. And then I went and my brothers followed me uh, a few months later and, do you know what? From that from that day, I probably haven't looked back. And it was about six six or nine months, I think. Later, I had my first competition, um, my, my first competitive bout. And um, being of that age at kickboxing, you don't normally do head contact for your first one. They just sort of do, just sort of do like a competitive spa sort of thing. Um, and I did that, and I remember I took a, took a good one straight 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 to my nose. My nose popped, and I turned away. I was like, "What's this?" <laughs> and, uh, and I was just like absolutely in awe because I've never got punched on that in the face before turned away and whatever happened I, I think it was a disqualification at the time so class is a win but so that, that was my first one then two weeks later I got a phone call saying um, oh I was in the gym uncle said do you want to do you want to have another one in a couple of weeks oh yeah sounds so we went down and I, I lost that one but I showed a lot of heart and a lot of people that day um gave me a lot of props and said that I would go far. So I was very fortunate. And, and, but I'm, I'm going to say from that day, I, I never looked back. That was it. Yeah. And, and and knowing that I had people had confidence in me back then sort of grew onto everything going forward. Do you feel like that was the, 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 the catch the bug sort of moment? 
yeah definitely definitely uh went in there and i was come out and i was like wow like even though i lost but it was it was it was a good competitive match i was like wow okay uh, I, I like this now i like this oh not that i want to do this for a job or going forward i just want to continue doing this i wasn't great at football i wasn't a massive runner i wasn't really anything and then i fell into to kickboxing and that was it so by the time the age of 13 I was competing for um, like Midlands area or English titles. Um, so there's sort of five round kickboxing fights, evening shows. So they're quite, quite decent spectacles for, for your young kid. But I remember yeah. going to school, not eating, going to canteen and not eating the, the dessert, not having a fizzy drink, not having anything like that, just trying to pick the healthiest options. Coming back from school, do my homework. No, sorry. Come back from school, go for a run in my garden, do like laps in my garden. So I wasn't allowed on the road because I was too young then. <laughs> Come back in, have my rutti. Had my one rutti, actually. I was dieting on the rutti as well. And then put some books in a rucksack and uh, just do sit-ups on the end of my bed. And that was at the age of 13. And that sort of carried me all the way through. Um, that that mentality is just 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 stuck me from, from that from that age. So you don't really have to be like, and and I say this with all due respect, you don't really have to be very sophisticated when you like when you're getting into anything. You just need to be driven, essentially, which is what it sounds like you were. Yeah, so I think yeah, so the drive just just come from from that, from doing all that hard work and knowing that you know I, I could do it at a young age, and it's just sort of carried all the way through. Um, I've, I've never forgotten those early days of kickboxing. Um, I still remember everything we used to do then. Uh, I still do that now, just on a on a bigger scale. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you is so? I'm more of a boxing fan myself. I'm a fight fan in general, but if, if I was to pick one, it would be boxing. Um, and and there is sort of the structure of boxing of like there's the amateurs, and then you work your way up the amateurs, and then you turn professional at a certain age. Uh, I think it's eighteen in the UK, six uh, sixteen or eighteen, one of the two. Um, is it similar in kickboxing where you you have your amateur competitions locally, and then regionally, and then nationally, and then work your way up? Yeah, I mean, it's not as rigid as um, boxing in terms of you have your championships. So in kickboxing, you do have championships, um, but you also have title fights where you can win bouts itself. So where you have, you know, boxers can, can go and win actual titles, like professional boxing and actual, you sort of have that in kickboxing as well. So you, you do start with amateur um, and then you move. They do have semi-pro. In kickboxing which is a bit of a bit of a gray area i never did that i just went straight into pro so i was amateur for about up until i was about 19 um and then i got offered a uh no sorry until i was 20 and then i got offered a world title fight um won everything up until i got offered a world title fight when i was 21 and then um in the space of about a year i won everything from a midlands title everything in between up to up to world title in the space of a year just because yeah. I was just, just because of, just because of nature, I was quite a good man. So I was just knocking out guys, fight after fight. So I won a Midlands title, knocked the guy out. English, done the same. British, done the same. European, done the same. World title, my first one, I did the same. Knocked the guy out, stopped him in four rounds. So it's just because I was knocking the guys out, they were like, right, okay, I'll see you better than at this opposition, at this level. Let's move them up. Let's move them up and then start moving me up. Um, so I had a quite quick pro- progression through the professional ranks of kickboxing but it's it, it it's very different it's very um yeah it, it's yeah it it it, 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 it really is a, is a different world um you, you just you, you could one day you could be 
you know, you you could be fighting for for nothing, or you just have like a you know just a general three and a half fight. Next thing you know, you might get a phone call up saying, "Do you want to fight for a British title?" And it's like, but you've not done anything else in between, and mm. it's not fair to the guys that do anything in between and do that hard work and don't get anything offered. So, whereas in boxing, it's very you do your amateurs and you have to win your your area, like your Midlands area or your London championships to then go to the next stage to then finally end up at the national championships, then look at going to GB and all the rest of it. So with boxing, you know there's an actual progression through. Um, kickboxing, it, it, it's a bit different. It's um, yeah, it's a bit more relaxed in that front. Do you think it's probably because there's a smaller community, so there's less of a, a linear path, for example? So it's more just like, We'll see if this kid's if this kid's in the area and he's half decent. We can chuck him in here, sort of sort of thing, yeah. instead of building up a career. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't really have building up careers. Um, so, in, so what I think this is probably the, the easiest way to put it. In boxing, you have your amateur boxing association, and you have your professional, you know, British Boxing Board of Control to manage all the professionals. In kickboxing, you don't have any of that. So your amateur is literally you have all your different associations. So you have like your your World Kickboxing Association, your the next one will be one, the next one will be one. So you probably have like oh, I could name with ten, but I mean, you know, kickboxing is a, a love and a passion of mine, and I still coach and still help out a lot of the youngsters t- today. So it's um, it's it's still a, a brilliant and fantastic sport to get into. Um, just on on the discipline side and and what it, and what it does for you and what it can do for young people, I, th- I think it's just fantastic. It is it is, it is good. Hundred percent. And that, again, like that's a conversation throughout all the the sort of combat sports people that I've spoken to is is something that's always reiterated is is that the discipline, the confidence, and and um, I think well to be fair, anything fitness related in that aspect is is always good like even at the the sort of bodybuilders and powerlifters i've spoken to have said the similar thing in that sort of fitness sense um but obviously i think there is a bit more um i don't know hesitation potentially from from parents mm-hmm. and things to put the kids into combat sports because of yeah you know you see on i don't know like rocky for example for boxing it's a good movie it's probably inf- uh, influenced and inspired so many people but if a parent's watching that they're thinking i don't want my kid to get punched in the face yeah that's it that, that that's another big thing as well or i also think it comes down to um especially for often as well it comes down to jobs careers yeah career paths it's obviously you know combat sports or any sort of sport in itself isn't seen as a, a good enough career path and I, I know that was something you know growing up it's sort of get a good education um my parents always pushed education and, and they always said you need to get good grades and that was always what went to university and and, and had all of that um mm. still found myself in boxing obviously they probably wouldn't want me to do boxing because of the the danger i, I know they don't like they don't to my fights uh, so they stay in the shop and, and, but definitely comes is, is something that, that, that paves the way away from for Asian parents kids. 100%, 100% I think it's so, uh, uh, again like I think it's the security do you know I mean especially like if, if it's an immigrant parent who's came from a different country they've sacrificed so much they've they've had to work like manual labour jobs which aren't very secure yes. a lot of them because they're, they're lacking in education will set up their own businesses 
which yeah. again, being self-employed isn't as secure. So I think it's always that you want your child to have the security that potentially you didn't, which, yeah. um, which I cannot completely understand. Um, and obviously that is why education and, and sort of quote unquote nine to five jobs or office jobs or, or them sort of things are pushed more. But um, when you look sort of back traditionally and historically, the, the sort of lineage that we come from is, is a lot of South Asians, specifically as like Punjabis, it, it has got that sort of warrior mentality, the, the fighters are in us and in, yeah. in, in our like history, which is, is, is really good to be fair. Um, a bit more on, on kickboxing. So for my understanding, and again, very limited, I've been to a, a couple of MMA gyms before and, and I've dabbled, but again, I was probably, when you were eight or nine and went, I don't like it, that was sort of me. Yeah, when yeah. I <laughs> realised that my fitness was uh, absolutely terrible, <laughs> um, which is always uh, slightly off-putting when you get in a jab to the body. But um, yeah. for my understanding, there's different versions of kickboxing. So there's like your K1s and you sort of glory rules and sort of like clinches allowed, not clinches allowed, elbows allowed, uh, knees yeah. allowed, and so, some that don't. What was um what was the ones that you primarily worked in, or was it a combination of all, depending on the so, Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I would do open with, with K1 Glory Wars up into uh, Muay Thai and Muay Thai fighters. And we did actually have MMA fighters come and train with us for their stand-up for a, for a period of time as well. I think we had a couple of guys from Latvia come over. We had this Russian wrestler come over um, and, and teach wrestling at the gym as well. So we did a little bit of everything. We used to do a bit of WWE in the ring before we uh, before we started training, so we did a bit of everything to be honest. Um, but my style of kickboxing was what we call traditional full contact kickboxing, so it's where we like wear the long trousers, kicks are above the waist. There's no e uh, knees or elbows, um, so it's literally just use your two hands and your two feet and your kicks are above the waist. Um, okay. That was what I think when it moved over to moved over from America or it went into America, that's what they started with. So if you, if you look back at like Vitaly Klitschko, for example, they wore the long trousers. That was the start of the kickboxing that I did. Um, was that, um, it's probably not the, the, the bigger ones of today. Um, obviously glory rules and K1 is, is massive. We've got one championships, which do K1 and um, Muay Thai. Obviously that's huge now. And um, so they're obviously the, the bigger and traditional kickboxing of my format isn't on that wavelength. And I don't know whether it will ever will be. Um, so, yeah. Because so, that was a question that I was going to ask uh, a bit later on when we'll get into boxing is, is um, that for, the, say, for more the K1s and the glory rules, is it is it potentially easier for them sort of fighters to, to transition into um, MMA a bit easier because they're probably closer to to that sort of style of fighting whereas yourself because it is literally just legs and feet it's probably easier for you to transition into to boxing yeah i mean i think if you're a k1 kickboxer you see a lot of them move into um into mma or into boxing so a lot of them do i've gone into boxing um, mm -hmm. someone else i train with um has gone into mma a number of that you train with has gone into boxing so literally it is like a 50 50 really um mm -hmm. i think it also depends on where what gym they moved on to so a lot of kickboxers k1 monitor whatever whatever discipline they all train alongside a lot of the time with mma fighters or they're in an mma gym or the gym as a cage boxers tend to be just in a pure boxing gym i found especially yeah. professional boxers are 
they just tend to just have a boxing gym just for boxers. It's changed a little bit more now, I know that. Um, and, and obviously it has adapted, but it's sort of, boxing is sort of kept to its own and everyone now sort of muddles together. That's probably why you see a lot of transitioning between kickboxers and MMA. Definitely. Yeah, because that was a question that I was uh, going to ask before, because for, for me, it would, it would make more sense for, uh, like, say, like a traditional kickboxer to just go into boxing because the amount of extra stuff you'd have to learn to get into MMA is, a, is, a, is like a whole world in its own, do you know what I mean? Like nowadays, okay. jiu-jitsu is so important in something like like the UFC, for example, um, and like wrestling, and then you've got all your, your different in-betweens. As I say, I'm, I'm not as well-versed in that world and I'm boxing yeah. because it's, it is a lot more in-depth. I do like like it and I, I try to learn as much as I can, but the wealth of knowledge in, in UFC and MMA and things, because there's so many aspects, yeah. sometimes it can get a bit like overwhelming. Yeah, that's it, yeah. It's, um, it's they're all different and great in, in their own ways, in their, in their own respect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got to give credit and props to anyone that's in combat sports, period, I think, the sort of levels isn't easy, it isn't hard. Don't worry, every, every sport's easy, uh, not easy. It, you know, there's, there's struggles and um, adversity and stuff that you've got to go through at every level of every sport, but mm-hmm. I think it's slightly different for combat sports. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit more fine-tuned. There's not a lot of money that generally gets pumped into combat sports at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless you unless you you strike a pot of gold and and, and you do get some good support and good backing, and then fair enough. But especially at, at sort of my level and grassroots level, it's sort of um, yeah, it, it, it's very very difficult. Yeah, hundred percent. And I remember um, Eddie Hearn was talking about this last year when when the government were cutting a lot of funding for um sport in general and i think it was it was joshua like pumped in a lot of his own money and for sponsorships and things into boxing because it's something that is um combat sports in general just definitely de- like underfunded because it is it is them like sort of community sort of uh community hubs where, where a lot of kids will go who are probably from like street backgrounds or, or whatever, like struggling sort of thing. So it's it's definitely something that gets them out of trouble. And as we've already discussed, instills some discipline and it's a it's time consuming as well, which I think like also plays a factor on that side of things. If you're going to the gym and and you're putting out all your energy there, you can't be asked to like just be messing around on the streets or causing trouble. No, no, elsewhere. that's it. That's it. I think on, on that, there's obviously that side. On the other side, I think there's a lot, the, the amount of time that the, and effort and, you know, a lot of the coaches that work, you know, they work, most of them work full-time. That, yeah. that isn't their, their, their full-time job. They, they do this because, or they, they don't take a wage on it. Yeah, they're fair enough that, you know, the kids might put a couple of pounds in um, every session just to cover the overheads of the gym. Because obviously, like, like we just said, there's no massive funding, really. Um, but I think a lot more needs to go out to coaches as well and, and really give them support and, and how I feel and that like name definitely for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um go, going back to sort of your accomplishments. So you turned pro at 1920 and then within a very quick time scale, you you've just bounced all the way up to yeah. the top essentially. Um uh, for me, obviously that sounded uncommon, but from the conversation we sort of had it, it sounds like it might be uh, a, a bit more common than perhaps I thought initially, um, 
but it still takes like a lot like a special talent to do that i assume to reach world level and within one or two years is is a rapid progression how many fights were you having yeah. in that time i, I mean so uh, quite regular so i mean that my progression is probably one in a, a very few um compared to the people that i've fought with as well it, it's very one in a few um i think it could happen if the, the right people come along but it, it does come out of talent. So for me, I think I was competing probably at least six or seven times a year for when I was doing the, the sort of Midlands to European level. Then when I fought for my world titles, uh, I fought for four world, four twelve round fights in a year in 2019. So I basically had March, I did 12 rounds. June, I fought, well, I did one round, but it's supposed to be 12 rounds. Uh, August, September, I did 12 rounds. December, I did 12 rounds. So I did four 12 rounds back to back, essentially, and only had a week off in between. So that was, that, that, and this, this, this is what I think, but yeah, previously what, what I mentioned to yourself was like, a lot of people don't, don't know that about me, that I did 12 round fights. I know, fair enough, it's 12 two minute rounds, but I've been through the trenches. I've done that. I've done that full eight, 12 week camp for a 12, 12 round fight. I've, I've been through all that. I've been through, you know, I've had, I've had my nose cut open. I've been through when I've had, Good fights when I've had stoppages, when I've um, can't get the guy on the floor, or when I've had I've had to really dig deep, and you know the opponent has been really tough, and I've taken losses as well. I'll be open to that, and I'm not afraid to say you know um, I've, I've got beaten, I've got beat by better guys. And but the thing about me was it was always okay. I've taken a loss. I, I was devastated. I hate losing. I'm. I, no, we go in there to win, and that's it. We don't go in there to take. I'm going there to win, but. To take losses, it, it, it is very hard, but always learn from it as well. And all them experiences that I had in 2019, I'm carrying now over into boxing. So I'm not starting, you know, fresh. I've not come from amateur and going into pro. I'm taking a good couple of years, three years worth of kickboxing experience over to the pros. So I've got really got a good standing going forward in, into the boxing. 100%. And, and as we mentioned before, there are like various kickboxers who do go into boxing and succeed. And I think the, the fighting experience in general, it is fighting at the end of the day. Like if obviously the, there's some technical um, differences between kickboxing and boxing, obviously, but yeah. when if you're competing at the highest level and, and can sort of deal with the pressure that that comes with um, in a fight when it is just you and the other person in the ring, I think that's what most of it boils down to. A similar example that pops into my mind. Um, but I'm not sure of how how experienced he was at uh, kickboxing. Is is Dillian White? Because I know he was a kickboxer as well. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and he reached uh, the heights of boxing as well. So I think, and when you see him, you can tell he's he's a scrapper. Do you know what I mean like he he can deal with the pressure at the highest level? And um, another thing that I was going to mention with him is early on, his his and this is something that I meant uh, realized when I was watching your fight back as well is that it is actually a bit awkward when, say, someone who is just a traditional boxer who's just been in an amateur boxing gym and hasn't really fought somebody who's came from a kickboxing background, it's, there, is a, there is a big difference in style. So something that Dillian used to do, which I'm, uh, I know that, well, Dillian and Dylan yourself both did, yeah. um, is the, the sort of keep on lifting up the front leg, you know, like in kickboxing, how you would do a check. Yeah, that front leg, and that can sort of be quite off-putting for the the opponent. Just that little movements like that that they're probably not yeah. used to. Do you find that coming from that background 
the technical aspect of it as well. Obviously, you can't kick them, but other movements and things uh, can play to your advantage. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I think, you know, boxers tend to sit quite, you know, heavy on their feet. I know, you know, you do, you do get your movers and stuff, but generally you'll see a lot of boxers quite sat on their feet. Kickboxing is very different. Like, I'm quite a mobile boxer I'm on my toes and on my feet quite a lot. Um, I have to, my style has changed a bit over the last 18 months and we have sort of settled down into into the boxing but my, my, my style is sort of we sort of taken that kickboxing style taking away the kicks but then worked on a bit more of the boxing side of it on top of it as well so I've not sort of just gone right okay kickboxing rip that paper up out the window let's start scratching we no no we're gonna carry on and, and progress on what we've got um, end of the day, that's been my foundation. Now, you know, I'm 25 now, um, so that's been my foundation since I was a kid. I, I can't start changing the, those now. What's been set in has been set in. We can start improving. We can start, you know, working and adapting on things. But in terms of ripping it and starting again, that that's not going to happen, and that's not achievable at, at, at sort of my earliest, you know, mid 28s now. It's just not possible. 100, percent and I think. Uh, like I said, there's definitely some advantages coming from a, a different sort of background and getting into boxing. So, um, again, uh, like, obviously, it is your, your, your pro debut that I've watched uh, in boxing, but the, the comparisons were, that I was trying to make was obviously with white in that sort of lifting of the front leg. And another one was, because uh, you're quite light on your feet, there was a lot of um, Lomachenko-style movements. And, and obviously, it's like, there is like obviously a bit of a difference yeah, yeah, in careers yeah, 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 yeah. like a much higher level at the moment and hopefully one day you can get there to that level and display the same sort of movements then um, but there was like a lot of lateral switches where you, you just sort of pivot to the side or yeah. use that lateral movement to get them hooks in and sort of them sort of little movements just when I was watching it, it reminded me of like the, the Lomachenko movements but he came from the ballerina type background, I think, yeah, as well, yeah. the ballet background. Um, so it is obviously a lot of advantages in that. Is is that somebody who you watch a lot of? Because it, uh, watching that fight, it seemed like it. <laughs> to, to, to be honest, I, I watch any and everyone. So mm-hmm. I, I watch the, the scrappers. So I think the day before, or no, sorry, the morning of of, of, of the fight, I watched um, Pacquiao and um, Morales uh, two. Yeah, I watched Pacquiao Morales too, and that was a war. Mm. Um, and, and that's what I watched it, to sort of get me G'd up and get, get yeah, me in the yeah. mindset to think, it, it's going to come down to this, I've got this, this is what these guys are doing, this is what I've got it inside me. But then leading up to it, I'll, I'll watch any and everyone, to be honest with you. Movers, thinkers, um, boxers, we watch a lot of black and white boxes as well from, from years ago yeah. and what they did. So we, there's a lot of switch hitting that they used to do. We start tying that into what we do now as well. Very, I'm very lucky in terms of my coach are, are very, even though they are kickboxers, they're very clued up in boxing as well. You know, mm-hmm. and like you like you said before, fighting is fighting. If you know how to fight, then you can sort of adapt and change. And that's that's what what I'm lucky with with what I've got in, in my team. Um, the the the, the guys that I've got are, are just great, and I've learned so much. I learned loads in kickboxing. I've learned. Oh my god! I've got a booklet, a book at home of just notes. I'll just scribble down of everything that I've learned from from day one. 
you think you, so you made this basically this transition during like the pandemic uh, from what i understand so like before the pandemic you were still in kickboxing after the pandemic you were boxing out basically yes yeah. to simplify it I'm, I'm guessing a lot of that time during the the sort of 12 to 18 months that we were in the pandemic is that when early on you made that decision and then try to work during that time so when we came out of the lockdowns and things you could sort of make your pro debut no so the plan was in 2019 i sat down with my coach and said i want to have a year in kickboxing get me as many and i was already a world champion and get me as many world titles as i can i'm gonna keep on winning as far as i can that, that was my mindset at the time i'm the winner more and then we're gonna 2020 we're gonna move into boxing so i finished 2019 and 2020 come i said right okay um let's do it and so we started we got a manager in place and we started making the procedures started filling the forms out had my boxing interview um with the midlands area council i did all that Funny enough, that was the last interviewed um, before that they had when the lockdown kicked off. So I was the last person to get interviewed and then lockdown happened a week later. So a bit of a crap period of time. Luckily, we got shot. So we was flat out in the shop yeah. all day long. And then I come back to, I think I got a phone call back end of March. Um, one of the lads, um, Brad Foster, um, his dad, Martin, just said, do you want to come and do some sparring? Brad's looking at being the first competitor out um on, on the BT show um Frank Warren show he said like, he was the first main event and boxing show back uh do you want to come and do some rounds with him and just sort of help him prepare because you know he couldn't travel around for sparring at the time mm-hmm. um because of all the lockdown and restrictions and stuff so he was just using local guys um and so I went down and did some sparring with him and I was quite fortunate that them guys let me use the gym and the other gym that I use in Northfield Pennelly's gym they opened up for me as well so very fortunate in terms of we were still active in the gym and we still sparred all the way through. Um, so it wasn't like we was having to, you know, sort of pick up with it after 12 months. I, I was still fit and prim ready to go. I was ready to do four rounds last year. It's yeah. just so happened it took this long for me to, to make my debut. But um, it came around and it came around really quick and I'm happy it's done now because I can now look at progressing maybe it's a blessing in disguise to be fair because there's a few few people who um did have like a a good time during covid to sort of catch up and and get their like extra learning in i guess you could call it um uh, it can obviously hinder people's careers as well i spoke to um, nick webb recently uh the the, the heavyweight boxer and yeah. um, he basically came back off a couple of losses and then his i think his last fight before the pandemic was was his win and then after that he just kept made sure he was ready so that after the pandemic he could just kick on and then he ended up winning yeah. a, a title and then he, he recently fought in a in a, a matchroom show um unfortunately lost that but again he, he showed before that he can bounce back so potentially before for yourself it could have been the the fact that like being in the pandemic is giving as you said going to these extra boxing gyms to just get your your learning in better and better prepare yourself and out yes that was it. And that was one thing I said. Um, I, I spoke to my coach and said, look, I don't want to waste time now. I said, let's use this now. We've got this time. I haven't really got a... I was still done watching my Z, but I don't really have to worry what I'm eating. We don't know how long this is going on for. So we said, let's just do it and let's just um, keep ready and keep sharp. But let's learn. Let's go back and let's start. So we literally went back to, you know, going back to the basics and working on my basics again and really just picking up and growing from there. So it was like, it was 
it was tough at first, um, the first bit of transitioning, moving over. My legs were back. Even though I'm a kickboxer, my legs were sore when I was moving <laughs> over to boxing. And it's just a different sort of weight, a different sort of movement. And it's yeah. a little bit different to, to what I was used to. Um, so, yeah, so I, I didn't want to waste any time. I just wanted to stay active and, and just, just keep learning. Um, but there's obviously the, the other people that didn't and sort of overindulged and enjoyed themselves. Fair enough, you know, happy for those guys, but they're probably struggling now because they've got to get back in shape. Whereas, you know, I'm one of the four ones that I was in shape any already. So all I had to do was lose a bit of weight and I was ready to compete next week if, if they gave me a date. <laughs> you were at fighting at super super lightweight uh, in kickboxing. Is, are you pretty much the same weight category now with boxing as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm st- stuck to the same super lightweight into boxing. Um, I, you know, potentially I, I could make it a little bit lighter. Um, but I think at the time being, I, I'm happy at, at 10 stone. Um, I've competed at 10 stone for, for about two and a half years, three years now. So I was just happy just doing it. I, I know the routine of making that weight. So I thought, yeah, let's just carry on. I feel comfortable. 100%. And, and um, the, the, the thing is with boxing, there are a lot of people like, uh, and Inder was talking about this recently. So he was super welter. And then this last fight, you should drop down to welter. So many people use like that advantage of having to cut weight, but it is also like quite dangerous at the same time. Like, do you know what I mean? It's 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 a sticky one to have because it's it's almost like a form of cheating. So if everybody else is doing it, then you feel compelled that you should do it yeah. as well. Yeah. However, if if like if you're comfortable at that weight, then I always feel like people should just fight at the weight that they're naturally like they shouldn't have to cut down. Do you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. too many dangers yeah, yeah, in it. Yeah. But, but then if, if, if everyone does it, you're on a level playing field, but yeah, it's not to change. I think boxing is obviously very lucky in terms of we've got a lot of weight classes, mm-hmm. um, so you can sort of fall into one. So I probably walk around at um, 10 stone 7, so I walk around at the wild weight, and then I come down to super lightweight. Um, so that that sort of 7 pounds weight loss isn't, or weight cut, isn't drastic for me. That's just... I still eat on the day of the weigh-in, so I still I'm not struggling. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not struggling at all. I just I pretty much do box at what what I feel comfortable at, and not really have to struggle. And and the next day I feel great. Are you quite um, tall in the weight category? Short in the weight category? So like what uh, super lightweight is? I don't know, maybe five six to five eight. I imagine is the yeah. I'm about I'm about five nine. Um, so maybe I'm a little bit tall, um, but I, you know everyone comes in different shapes and sizes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, yeah, I, I would th- I would like to see anyone quite tall, but I, I don't think it makes much of a difference. I think each opponent that, I, that I'll face now is going to give me a different aspect or a different look to what I'm not used to, and show something hopefully something different to, to my game as as I keep growing. And, and that's what I want to do. I just want to just you know. Hopefully, you know, in the in the early stage of my career, have different opponents to to try different things, um, and then hopefully, you know, get an opportunity, a good opportunity, hopefully for a title where I can show a more well-rounded package of everything, and then you can say, oh, he's done really well, he's boxed really well, he's done all these different things. Let's carry on growing and, and keep pushing on then. And so, very much so in the early stages, just progressing and showing off. And showing off what I'm learning in the gym. Do you want to fight as consistently as you were in kickboxing, like six six times a year ish? Yeah. yeah. So I've been given. Um, hopefully, I'll get get another date announced um, next week. So uh, we've got a couple of meetings next week. So 
hopefully I'll get another date announced um, by the end of the year. So it is going to be a fairly quick turnaround again. Okay. Sort of, what are we going to go December? Like, you know, eight, 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 seven, eight weeks, maybe nine weeks. So yeah, yeah. it's another quick turnaround, which is fine for me. I'm, I'm happy for that. Definitely. I think, well, uh, as you say, like transitioning into boxing, you probably need the rounds. I, I know that this first fight was against um, Lee Conley. I think he's had like 75 fights or something. So you want to yeah. absorb that experience from from the opponents. Do you know what I mean? If he's been around the block, then you sort of want to get in there, learn all the experience and all the little tricks that he has from his his years in the boxing and around the circuits and then keep on doing that. And, and as you say, you can display different performances while observing that experience. Uh, mm-hmm. absorbing sorry that experience uh, from the opponent the, the, that's the thing with boxing though is like some like you, you do want to have as much uh outings as possible at the beginning of your career but sometimes it's just i don't know why some people just have so so big lot like times out of out of uh, out of the ring which is yeah the, again, there's the, there's a the, you know come down to a whole number of things i think if you're assigned to uh, a promotional company you're probably more likely to get out more regular mm-hmm. i I'm not signed, so I've got a manager. Um, I'm not signed for any promotional company as such um, yet, hopefully. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it down the line. Um, but um, so I, I'm, I've literally you know, got to make sure I sell tickets to, to get on shows. I'm very fortunate in terms of uh, my, my brother and, and my mate Omajit, they, um, they handle that side, that side of the, the business aspect tickets for me. Um, so I haven't got to worry about it, but as long as I've got to sell tickets to get on shows. If, if I don't sell tickets, I don't get on the show. So I'm very lucky that I did well and I do well for, for tickets. So you probably won't see, you might, they might box every once every six months because they might, you know, only, people don't turn out all, all the time for them. So yeah. for those guys, it, it's very difficult. And I mean, you know, you, you might, and it's, this is a sport, the rings, you might have the, one of the, the great or, or a good talented boxer, but can't sell a ticket and hasn't been picked up by a promotional company. Um, but can't sell it or struggle to sell a ticket so he won't get on the shows as regular and it yeah. sort of turns away his talent but you might have a guy that isn't the best and sells an absolute shed loads of tickets and gets picked up by someone because of the money that they draw in so there's there's two different side sides of business as well it, yeah it, it is what it is um, but that's we're all a fascinating side of boxing I love that side of boxing because there is like, like you say like there's there's fighters like um Ryan Garcia, for example, he's he's obviously getting to the top of the sport now. He's he's getting there, but for a very long time already, financially, he's been at the top of the sport just because of the yeah. the pull that he has on say social media. Like you watch any of his fights, and I think there's probably the most amount of uh, young women in the crowds for for his fight fights compared to anything else. Do you know what I mean? So he's got that yeah. audience, and that propels him. Whereas say someone yeah. like. Um, I don't know, uh, maybe someone like Enue, for example, uh, is, is a bit lighter than yourself, but because he, I don't think he publicly speaks um, English, so in, in the Western market, yeah. doesn't sell tickets. In Japan, he's absolutely huge. But oh, he's here, massive, yeah, 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 yeah. Over here, no, he's probably not. Obviously, he's big, big, I think he's probably a bit more of a pull here because of punch power that he's got. Yeah. Obviously, he knocks guys out, so. You know, that's what people want. They want to go down. They want to have a few drinks. They want to have a good time, and they want to see knockouts. Yeah, yeah. That's the... that's one thing that our world players, uh, uh, you know, as our entrance. So that's my trademark for kickboxing. I actually wasn't going to have them my debut, and um, we was going to wait. But um, Uncle Uncle said, "No, nah, 
we've got to do it. It's your trade yard. We show who we are. So I said, all right, okay, that's cool. I'm, I'm happy for that. Let's do it. And I'm so grateful I did it because it's like when you hear the door plays, it's something that you just start feeling. It gets you like, it's just like a, a fire that burns inside you. And you just think, right, okay, this is war now. This is ready. We can go now. Let's go. And then I walk out and everyone's on their feet dancing. Not even supporting me. I'm talking about the whole room could be on their feet dancing. Um, and then the next time when I compete, I'll be like, you got the, the, the drummers coming, uh, you know, the drummers coming, uh, are they trained today? Yeah, yeah, they'll be here, oh, great, brilliant. So people are turning out just to watch it. So what I want for when people come down to support me or even, you know, yeah, come down to support me or come to a boxing event that I'm on as well, come down, you can have a few drinks because, you know, that that's one of the things that they go for. And a lot of people haven't, you know, we see it all the time at weddings and stuff, but a lot of English people, see it and it, it's sort of a novelty to them it's um yeah it, it is good but again it goes to that thing where when when you see it like when i've seen that it's a sense of pride you rep in your culture and then at, on the flip side of that is you're you're uh, displaying it to a new audience as well who potentially is ignorant to it they might not know what it is but then when they see it for the first time they want to know more and yeah. uh, and, and again it goes back to sort of the beginning of like that breaking down barriers of um uh, of like sometimes it gen people generally aren't trying to be um mean when they say certain things they just generally don't know about it do you know what I mean and, and if if that's they see it. it the first time in a boxing fight um if that's their world uh, you can integrate anything do you know what I mean which I think is something that we've been underrepresented in is in terms of Punjabi Sikhs and Indians in general there was a lot that changed when Prince Nazim and, and Amir Khan came into uh, into sort of boxing. Yeah. There was a lot of more exposure uh, onto uh, Pakistanis and Muslims and, and and that sort of culture as well, which is great. And that's what we still sort of, I think, are, are a bit behind in, in sports. Yes. Yeah, so obviously, obviously there, there, there's a good group of us now um, in the boxing in, in the boxing world. So hopefully we can... Yeah. I, I know we can all support each other, get behind each other, and sort of grow that, grow our culture side of it, um, and, and show what we what we are really about is uh, you know Punjabi Sikhs and show our history and culture and really show off who who we are. One hundred percent, and uh, like how Abby and Princess did for their reason to the same. 100 percent yeah completely agree because that, that's what's going to happen like we've got tal now who who's um obviously signed with amir speaking of him we've got inder and yourself uh in the professional ranks um, there probably is a few more that i've missed out we've got a few in the amateurs as well that are coming through like uh yeah. like gully that um we've already mentioned uh who's been on the podcast before so there is like definitely a new wave of sporting stars uh, especially in combat sports then you see uh, we mentioned one championship before. Heavyweight champion is uh, uh, Buller uh, Arjun. Exactly. So then you've got that sort of side. We've got getting footballers like Dylan Markandy made his debut for Tottenham. We've got Sarkreet yeah. Singh. We've got Jan Dande. So we're just sort of, I think it is that that time now where the, the sport is getting pushed out a lot more when it's like uh, that, that security that we mentioned at the beginning of going down nine to five jobs, although it still is very important, it is also let's pick up a sport as well and then push down that side yeah. and then see how far it can take you. That's it. Um, how nervous were you for that for that debut? Obviously, you mentioned the balls there. 
when we listen into the fight, there's a lot of Chima chance. He definitely did a yeah. good good job of selling out uh, a lot of tickets. Um, yeah. Does that pile on the pressure, or are you, you sort of used to it now with the kickboxing background? Very used to it. Um, I, I think I was I was cool and calm all day. Um, I got pictures of me smiling in the changing room, relaxed, um, and then do you know what? Warmed up and I was absolutely fine. Walked down um, just before the. Walk and I heard the door place warming up. Entrance music comes on, the culminate, hear the loud, and I thought that's when that was the moment when I thought, okay, I'm on it now. Yeah. My, my legs went to Delhi at the same point. My legs went to Delhi, and at that point, I thought, well, okay, we've, we've got to do this now. Everyone take like something just that switch, you know, some people take, you know, hours a week, say. Uh, for me, it's just an instant moment of hearing those. Hearing the door plays and hearing the fans, and then that's it. And I'm switching on. I'm ready to go. Then. And then that's it. I'm just zoned in and I'm ready to go. But the nerves are still there. 100 percent. Still nervous. Yeah, still nervous. You know, when you have the door plays, you've got to turn up and win as well. You can't go in there and lose because it's not going to look good, is it? So uh, people probably sat there in the back room thinking, oh, I hope he gets a good few lickings, and I hope he gets put down or something. Oh, fair enough. They're, they're going to say that, but um, yeah. It's uh, you, you, you've got to put the performance in as well, so yeah, extra pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but as, like you said, you're used to the pressure now. And I think if I always ask the question of people are nervous and things, and it's always interesting to hear everybody's responses because I feel like nobody can say they're not nervous. Like, if you, there has to be some sort of emotion in there because that means it matters, do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. that, like that old sort of phrase that if you feel something, it, it shows the importance of it. and um, it shows that you care, sort of thing. So um, I think, yeah, yeah and I also think that nerves are good. Um, mm. It keeps you up, it keeps you switched on because you're always going to be. You're nervous. You're going to be on edge. You're, you're always thinking about what he's going to do, and you're sort of a bit more reactive. You're a bit more attentive to what's going on at that point. If you're not nervous and you're overconfident, you, I've been there and I've been overconfident, thinking I can knock anyone out, and and it doesn't happen. And you think, shit, yeah. what happens now? I'll, I'll, I, this is this isn't going where, where I want it to go. What happens now? Then you're finding yourself having to switch on in round six or seven. I've I've been through that as well, and, it, and it's horrible feeling. That's what always from that point on. That's I'm always sharp from that point on. How how was the the energy management? Because obviously going from from two rounds, uh, two minute rounds to three minute rounds, was there any difference? Did you feel like? Did you feel like? Um, it's something that you need to work on, or do you feel like it's something that you felt very comfortable with? Uh, I, I, I did feel comfortable with it. Um, obviously, we, we've done a lot of rounds, and we've you know a, a lot of eighteen months. We've practiced at three minutes um, with the minute break, so I have done it. It is a different energy system, hundred percent. Two minutes is more of a sprint. This is a bit more of a, a jog sprint, and then a little high pace. Um, so it, it is very different. You you can't sprint for three minutes. That doesn't happen. You can sprint for two minutes. That's fine. Um, we always alluded to sort of. Do you remember like Tekken and you have the energy bars, yeah. the old school. Yeah, that's what it is. So this is this is what we've got for four four rounds, three minutes. You have, that minute recovery doesn't give you any more. It just re re increase your stamina. But your actual health bar. That this is what this is what we're working off, and this is, <clears throat> the, the, and and that's sort of the analogy that 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 we that we're going with, um, for it really. So it, 
it is different. Um, it did take me a bit of time to get used to. I've seen the fight. That was my first time doing it. Um, after the second second minute going into third, I thought, oh, okay, I can feel this on me. I'm using my body just having a break. So it was a bit different, but it's good to come with experience. I think I'll settle into it more as, as, as I get more active. Is that something like that you, you do often throughout your kickboxing career and will continue to do with this? Is, is I've, I've seen one of the... Um, videos on, on your Instagram page. I think it was after one of your fights um, yeah. for, for a world title. And you were very analytical of your performance, very aware of when you're in the ring of when I was like faking or, or fainting, then then this hand was like, this left hand was going lower and higher, yeah. sort of breaking it down. Is that some, are you very self-critical and very aware of the other person when you're in the ring? Well, what, uh, as in at the point I'm still in the ring and, and, and fighting. A, a bit or, of both, to be fair, a bit of both. So, like, how... Because sometimes <clears> I think you have that much muscle memory that in the ring, sometimes you could probably just go off instinct or are you quite hyper-aware of what he's doing and, and more of a thinker, for example? And then how much of that bit, happens outside the ring as well? bit of both, um, to, to, be, to be honest with you. At, at the point in the ring, of you know, you can watch as many videos as you want of your opponent and think he's going to do this, but it's different. So you, you do have to very much think on the job. They come there's a fine on of doing that and overthinking as well. You can start overthinking and not doing anything and your muscle memory goes, goes out the window and you don't do anything. You do need to be uh, attentive. And that just comes with experience. That you, you can't sort of teach that. As much as you can do everything in the gym and do all the pad work and all the sparring, that, you know, reacting to what your opponent's doing at that moment is just, it, it just, just comes with experience. Um, but even even afterwards, um, no, even sometimes, even in, in between the rounds, I sit down in, in my corner and my coach will ask me, how you how, how do you think you're doing or feeling that that's a bit awkward or do you know is is that is that bugging you or is he hurt you with any shots and that's the answer that they could tell me the right advice at that point as much as they're watching from outside so and then after 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 the after the fight then uh do you do you do remember you do sort of think you did worse than what you actually did that's definitely for sure i think you 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 probably have to be self-critical to improve it and obviously if you've reached the heights um, that you have in kickboxing, you, you have to sort of be self-critical to get that level of success in anything, if that makes sense. So it, it's, it's yeah. if anything, it's a good attribute to have because it's you've already tried and proven that you've already hit, hit like uh, the heights that you did in one combat sport, and then you can use that to hit the heights. Hopefully, in this, what what are your aspirations in boxing? How far do you do you want to go? How quickly? How paced are you going to go? Is it just one fight at a time? It's yeah, definitely one fight at a time. Um, obviously, hopefully, I'm back out end of the year, uh, probably in another four rounder. Got aspirations to first step on the journey to become a, a Midlands area champion. <clears throat> so that's my first step, and then from there it's onwards and upwards. So it's take a take it every fight at a time and uh, grow grow as 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 fast and as quick as I can. To be honest. Well, you've got plenty of time to be fair. Like 25 years old. Um, even if you had like your, all your learning fights by the age of say 26, 27, it's it's normally that 29 to 31 seems to be the peak years for uh, four boxes. Um, yeah. So I think we've got plenty of time ahead, and and it seems exciting. I like your style from from the 
the video that I watched uh, of, of your first fight and it does seem like it's an exciting style. It seems very slick. There was a lot of counter-punching. Um, it was weird because you were on the outside, but you were still pushing forward at the same time, yeah. which is like, it is, it's a, it's, it's just good to see. It's an entertaining style to watch. Thank you. I uh, appreciate that. Obviously, I, I do try and make my points as, as entertaining as I can. Um, but but we knew that for that opponent, he, he, he was a very tough game opponent. He's not someone that you would have on your debut. Not many people do boxing on a debut. He went, I think, a few weeks back prior to, um, to, to me boxing him, he drew with a Commonwealth champion at the point. So he, he, the, the geezer had 17 fights and one loss and he drew with him over six rounds. So he wasn't no walkabout either. So yeah. for me to have no amateur experience and go straight into pro boxing on my debut to have that sort of opponent, they were looking for him for my fifth or sixth fight, but my coaches were happy with where I was and said, let's throw him in. Like, let's see how he gets on this. They were confident in me, and I'm going to go with what they're what they're happy with. As long as I turn up on the day, um, then they know I can win. So um, they were happy just throwing me in their defense. It's baptism by fire, which is a which is always a good thing to see. To be fair, and it's only it's only going to pay off in the long term. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of fighters who um, obviously carefully sort of take steps uh, through the career, have this nice preserved record by like 20 or 30 wins and then they'll push on from that point onwards yeah. but I feel like nowadays that that is um, <clears throat> that that is starting to become hopefully anyway starting to become less common and it seems like people are pushing to have 50-50 fights early on in the career and, and it's basically when it stays on and it's like that next person will get the bigger fight and the bigger fight and then it just yeah. keep on winning sort of thing I, I think COVID, COVID definitely pushed that uh, for sure um, he I, I think um, it's sort of, you know, having that year off, it's a year time that people can't get back. So it's like, do you know what? We need to, we would have had two two fights to, to get to where we wanted to be, but we ain't got the time to get there. So you either do it one. now or yeah. you lose out. And if you're a fighter, you just say, all right, okay, let's do it. Sink, sink or swim, like I said before, sink or swim. And put you in a deep end but, you know, and you have to do that now I, I'm, I'm happy to if they right, if I got a phone call next week um, I, I don't see what happened but if they rang me up next week and said do you want to fight Argon the State for British title I was like yeah crack on I'd love to that, that's a dream that's a goal for everyone isn't it to win one of those goal bars so um, I wouldn't say no <laughs> if they said they offered it then yeah crack on plus you, and again you either win or you learn like these are valuable experiences and I think because of like potentially because of Floyd Mayweather and the success that he had with his undefeated record, that O is so much more precious in boxing than any other combat sport. You look at the yeah. UFC, you look at uh, kickboxing, like you alluded to before. There's not much. Um, there's not much value put on an undefeated record as much as much as in boxing. It's like you people are respected to like you go in, try your hardest. If you lose, you can still come back in other sports. Whereas boxing, it's a bit more. Like, oh well, if he's not undefeated, then it doesn't really matter. Which I ho- hopefully is changing yeah, now. I think it is. And it's it's not. It would well, that's definitely not the case. I, I mean, it, it definitely is a case that people do think that in boxing, but a loss is never the end of the world. You know, a loss is the end of the world if you make it the end of the world. Exactly. But if you actually learn from it, and you grow from it, then you know you haven't actually lost. That's it. <laughs> <You've> just changed. <laughs> You just gained. 
and well, this, you know, this hopefully you can gain and, and, and progress and move on again. So, hundred percent. And, and like uh, we were speaking about Lomachenko before, and he was obviously one of the most decorated amateur careers. I think he lost in his second fight, I believe it was, because he went straight in for the world title. Yeah, uh, no one's gonna say that he's yeah. not had a, a successful career after that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like he went on to become probably one of the best boxers of the past five years in that little spell that he had when he went up yeah. like two or three weight divisions and, and it's just insane um mate I, i've i've thoroughly enjoyed this and uh and it's been like a really good insight into kickboxing which i'm not as familiar with and obviously i was like having a good boxing chat anyway so i appreciate that <laughs> no appreciate that thanks for having me on no worries. Uh, the way I like to round things off is uh, with the same five questions I'd ask every guest. It's sort of in quick fire fashion. Um, so so we'll do that. And people can find you maybe on Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah, they can grab me on Instagram. Uh, and uh, dylan.gmat. That, that's me. Nice and simple. <laughs> nice and simple. That link will be left in the in the description of uh, of this wherever you're listening, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, whatever. Um, it will be the first link in the description, so you can click on that and follow Dylan. And it sounds like we're gonna have some very interesting fight nights ahead. <laughs> um, Definitely. Definitely. We'll, get, we'll get into these quick fire questions. The first one is: uh, What are you most proud of? Um, winning my first kickboxing world title. What are you most looking forward to? Um, a big fight night under, under in, in an ice arena with the door players coming out as my entrance. What is your biggest motivation? My family, definitely for sure. My family. What's your definition of success? Mm. Being the best I can be and progressing, being a better person that I was today than uh, being a better person today than I was yesterday. So progression day by day. Smashed it. And uh, last but not least, because it's the CultureCast podcast, how do you feel that your culture has affected you in your journey thus far? It's made me who I am today. I wouldn't be where I was today without rather culture and, and the upbringing that I've had. So I, I very owe very much to, to to my family, my friends, and my coach and my team. So um, my culture is, is everything about me. Smashed it. Absolutely smashed it. Um, again, thoroughly enjoyed this. Hopefully we can catch up sometime a couple of fights down the line and see uh, how we're progressing and things. Um, but again, I, I really appreciate that. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, keep up the good work as well and, and, and supporting up, mate. It's really, it's really great what you're doing. Thanks very much. Cheers, bro. Cheers. Bye there.